Welcome to Building an Effective Marriage Team Program with your hosts, Dr. Ralph Goffrey Jr. and Pastor Lenore Goffrey. This is a show that helps to equip kingdom marriages to be strong and successful. Sit back and relax and enjoy today's discussions. Hello and welcome to Building an Effective Marriage Team radio program hosted by Dr. Ralph Godfrey Jr. and Pastor Lenore Godfrey. Hi audience. And I am your facilitator, Horace Ridley. And we want to welcome you today to our radio program. You got anything to say to the people? Greet them in the name of Jesus, Pastor? (laughs) Hello. (laughs) I'm the shy one. How's that? So. Not remotely. At whatever point you are in your day, we hope that you will just sit back and relax for the next 30, 20, 25 to 30 minutes and just hang out with us for a little bit. So today, we don't have a guest, but what we wanted to talk about, um, if you guys have never joined us before, Pastor, uh, Pastor and Sister Lenora have written a, work stu- a study workbook entitled Building an Effective Marriage Team, and it's full of such uh, uh, good wisdom um, And it's imperative that you get one of these books. It's very important if you're dating, if you are even married, it doesn't matter how long you've been married, if you're planning to engage, it doesn't matter even if you're single because you need to know these nuggets that they're dropping in this book. So today we're going to talk about oneness. In their book, Pastor uh, has, as such, woman was not created to be supplementary in a marriage achievement, but rather created to be a necessity to all that is accomplished. She is an invalued help, is what you guys are saying. She's necessary. But marriages should work hard to imitate the pattern of oneness inspired by the Godhead. So let's talk about this oneness here. Right. Of the Godhead. (laughs) Um, uh, uh, one of the, uh, I think, uh, the chief features of the Godhead that I think we, we talk about, uh, even when we minister, we're really talking about uh, their greatest asset was working or operating as one, as a team of one. Um, if we go back into Genesis 1, we see where the scripture talks about in the beginning, uh, the, how the earth was without form and void. And then it explains how that the spirit of God began to move over the earth. And then it says God speaks Mm -hmm. and saying, let there be light. And once he speaks, light is formed or creates, comes into existence, is manifested. Uh, Well, if you understand the term of of that God here, when it talks about in the beginning about God, uh, the term itself in the Hebrew is actually plural. Speaking of Elohim and the Elohim, is the Godhead himself, three being in, uh, each one being in the one. And so with that being the case, they began to create the earth in their oneness, meaning they each play a part in the creation of the earth. So you have where God uh, is speaking, uh, you have the Holy Spirit brooding or moving upon the earth, uh, and then you have uh, the manifestation of that creation when God speaks through the act of Christ himself, because if you go back and read in Colossians, talk about how nothing that was 
that is made, whether invisible or invisible, there's nothing made apart from Christ. And so he is the one who manifests the very words that God speak. And so the three uh, distinctively operate to formulate or create the, the earth. Now, when he moves on and, and God begins, it says he speaks to them. It says that God says to them, let's make man in, in our image. Well, the idea he, he's perpetuating, perpetuating again, is that man now becomes uh, like God. And with woman being a part of that existence or creation, he creates them. And then he goes on to say, when once they're created, he separates them, makes male and female. And now he expects them to behave like the Godhead in acting as one. And that's why he talks about when the two marry, or when they come together, they will be one. Mm -hmm. uh, and the idea is that they now are uh, like the Godhead in everything because they are supposed to move together and, and operate with that oneness in mind. Right, right. And what makes the Godhead so unique is their willingness to work together as one, as Pastor said, one unit to reproduce life while expanding the kingdom of heaven in the earth in order to bring glory to God. Um, they are separate personalities, so the three personalities, the triune, is three personalities, taking on diverse missions, but achieving one vision. Mm -hmm. And that they do not compete with one another, but rather complement each other's part. They work so seamlessly together that no one can discern where one's work begins and the other ends, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we talk about a marriage team, you know, the, the woman is there as the help. She is like the Holy Spirit to the husband, where she's helping him. And really, if you think about it, you know, a lot of times we joke and say, you start to look like your spouse eventually in life. And, you know, that's similar to, you know, how they're saying the God, you should operate as one. You shouldn't see or hear me without thinking of him. And you shouldn't um, see him and hear him speaking without um, thinking of me. Mm -hmm. So where, where, where I end, he begins, and where he ends, I begin. So the word helper in the original Hebrew is ezer. This word means a person who contributes to the fulfillment of a need or furtherance of an effort or purpose. When it's translated to the language of the New Testament, this is the same term used to introduce the Holy Spirit. As we said before, the woman is, is like the Holy Spirit to the man. She's mm -hmm. this helper, help meet, mm -hmm. as you'll see here sometimes said in scripture. Um, as a helper, she's to assist in furthering the purpose God has given to man. Yeah. Well, even when you use that word, either, it's not just in contribution to or connection to the Holy Spirit, but you can read throughout all the texts of scripture where how we call God our value. He's an invaluable helper. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason why you see the value in that is because when we call on God, we're calling on God to, to help us in difficult situations, come to our aid, to support us, to uh, rescue us, to relieve us, to counsel us, to advise us. And so, again, this same word when applied to the wife as part of that team or really as part of that oneness, her help is invaluable to the husband if he recognizes it mm -hmm. and right. acknowledges it and see that it's re it's needed for 
the vision that God gives them for their marriage. If, if he can't see the value in his wife, then many times he struggles trying to do a task that God has put in his hands, but he struggles at it. And many times he never really completes it because he never reached out for the help that God put in his life. Right. And so the reason I can say here on radio why I bloom and blossom and do say well. It, say it. I'm just going to now. Say it. I'll say never it. say it again. Yep, say, say it. it. <laughs> we got you on, it's be a on air. Yes, because I call on God for help. <laughs> <laughs> now he may have put Lenore and there. He's as got to help me. <laughs> but, right. But I call on God yeah. and he says, look to your wife. I yeah. to yes. Well, because she's there to do that. Right. She's not, you know what I'm saying? It's it's more than her washing my the dishes and washing our clothes and, and running errands and making the plates. She's, that's more, she's more than that. If not, that ain't even the, the, the whole point and purpose of what the helper does. Please say that again. It's true. I, I hate it. I know most men probably hate no, me. I know. But, that's, <laughs> that's a very good but, point because people, I think people get that all messed up. Well, again, they we're do. going back to the confusion of, why God put the two together and made them one in the first place. We talk about there was a fulfillment of ministry that God had for a husband and a wife. And we're not talking as far as ministry in the pulpit or ministry in standing on the streets, preaching and all that stuff. Ministry is the fact that there was a service that God was looking for from those two. The point that he gives man and or woman vision for their marriage is because there's a task that God is trying to accomplish in the earth through that husband and wife. Now, you got to right. remember, we're writing to and speaking to Christian believers. I cannot address right. those who are not believers yeah. uh, because that is not my expertise. My expertise is based on Christian believers and what we believe that God is doing and so and what we see God doing. And because... Uh, of his call for a couple he's calling them to a oneness for a purpose or a task that he wants to put in their hands so that they can benefit the kingdom of God as well as bring glory to God and so he puts these two together because there is something he wants out of that marriage right mm -hmm. so the two being one and being connected it's not just because God is looking to make a statement. It's not because God is trying to uh, 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 just just because he wants to make marriage a different act and cut off the singles from having sex and all that stuff. The idea is I'm putting you two together to do a task in the earth. And now it requires you to both to work together to accomplish right. what it is I'm giving you to do. Right. And, you know, we, we have some really deep um, subjects as a part of our workbook but it's amazing if you see yourself as a team going in then when we talk about submission when we talk about authority it it, it doesn't get so rough and it's not so hard to understand and assume your role if you you know are set up correctly mm -hmm. you understand he has a part to play you have a part to play mm -hmm. um and and it, you know t team is just critical to see you all even though you're two separate beings two separate minds two separate god has given a vision and you come together and accomplish that that's vision. right that's yeah. right that's good so here in your workbook you have here well just in genesis two twenty four, where it talks about um, that a man takes a woman as a wife, 
he was to leave his father and mother, cling to his wife, and become one flesh. The word cling is a verb that means join with or sticking to something to be united. And in the Greek vernacular, it means to glue oneself. Yep. So you're to be so connected, like you said earlier, that you won't be able to tell where one ends and yeah. the other one begins. Yeah. yeah, that's I think the whole point of we're talking about them. If you ever glued anything together, it's hard to, to take it apart. apart right. 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 And that's why if you really go back, I was looking at this one particular passage in Matthew where he says in 194, he says he answered talking about Jesus answer said, have you you not read that one who made them in the beginning, made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined. But he was talking about the same word clean or glued to his his wife and the two shall become one flesh so he says they are no longer two but one flesh and then this is the part that stands out therefore what god has joined together let no one separate right. so no one or nothing should be able to pull them two apart uh because again that that was uh that term join again means we're we're glued we're connected and so we're we're so intertwined together, like you said, you can't see where one of one begins, the other ends, especially in what tasks we are performing. Right. Uh, whatever God is giving us, it's not about she's doing more, he's doing more, she's doing less. It's understanding your part in that marriage and what part that you two have agreed that you will play. Right. Uh, when t- and, and, and one of the things I think most couples forget, I know I'm talking a lot, but one of the things I think most couples forget to understand and even getting clarity in their roles, it requires communication. It requires them to yeah. talk to, them, to God first and then with each other so that they can get clarity on what is the distinction uh, in their marriage and what is the task and the parts that each part each each partner is supposed to play right and you know what it, it talks about in scripture it says yoke was a wooden collar placed around the neck of two animals bonding them together to function in concert as one or rather as a team and it's funny you say that um it, it when you talk about that we're we're neck and neck but and we can't separate from each other. So if he says go this way, I'm going that way, and we're accomplishing things. And it's funny when you say, you know, we're one thought ends, the other one picks up. We can, if we know each other that well, and even in communication, I can finish his sentence and he can finish mine. Mm-hmm. He knows my thought before I even say right. it, and I know his. Right. And we're in concert together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an awesome, you know, when when you break through all the Uh, pieces of a marriage that are tough that may cause you not to have an understanding of team and you get that team concept it's an awesome thing and a lot can be accomplished you know uh, speaking of which you mentioned communication and communication is a huge barrier can be a huge barrier in a marriage and I know that's one of the sections that you have in your workbook here about communication why I mean, what is, I know you can't answer for all the men in the world, <laughs> but I need you to try, because no you're, since you're the only male here right, today, right. what is it, 
why why is it so difficult for men to express themselves uh, communicate why is that so um, hard I, I think personally I, I believe we've been steered uh, men that is uh, we've been steered or taught incorrectly by other men who felt that uh, men were supposed to be the strong and silent type yeah. uh, when in scripture we were supposed to be the great communicators we were supposed to be able to take what God gives us and uh, dispel it or just to convey it back to uh, again our wives our family our children and so because we if you look through society in itself it's taught men to clam up to hold their feelings to uh, shut up and, and and meaning shut things up inside. Uh, you know, figure it out for yourself. You're more of a man. If you we watch all of the TV shows, you see all the heroes are always trying to do it alone. Mm-hmm. They never right. really try to work with As anybody. Right, right. They never right. try to work with anyone. Uh, it's a misnomer, a misconception, uh, perception. I'm sorry, misperception. That is projected throughout society so most men because that's what we're shown that's how we try to live our life that i'm a man if i can do this on my own uh really the problem is if you really look throughout scripture that team concept has always been there matter of fact here's a passage and it just came to me in ecclesiastic it really talks about affirms that two are better off than one mm-hmm. it says because they help each other succeed right mm-hmm. well right. It, and then if you read uh in other uh, passage in script where it says it was not good for man to be alone uh-huh. right right uh that's that's the other uh, uh part of that and then if you actually look in and throughout the new testament when jesus began to tell the disciples to go and and minister the gospel, he put them together with another person. Right. He sent them out two by two. Sure right. So the team concept is always seen in scripture. Uh, and the idea is always be partnered or yoked up with someone to accomplish what God gives you. Because it was that's why he says when two or three are gathered in my name, not one two or three are gathered and if they ask anything it will be done you know right so the idea is to partner to connect to 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 become more than one person but uh society is trying to teach men you can go it alone you don't need anyone but as uh the the famous word of my 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 fellow pastor tom how is that working <laughs> right how is that working <laughs> right <for> you? <laughs> right and you know as women we look for in communication we want every detail i mean when we talk we want to share all the details yeah. and we want to get all the details mm-hmm. and so most of the time men say just give, just me, give the, me the a and the b the a and the b don't give me c d e yeah. f but that's how we it's are necessary though it's, it is necessary for the rest but and i if think god gave man the vision yeah. Man has to know how to communicate that vision to his wife and his family in order for it to be um, the mission to be accomplished. Mm. Yeah, but I was going to say, I think innately women are that way because being being created to be that uh, invaluable helper, I think she does want details because she wants to know how to help you. Correct. So 
Say that again. Really, she does. That's, that's she necessary wants to, for her to know all of this. She oh, wants to know, so that's why she's sitting there listening to you, wanting to hear what you're saying, asking wanting to hear questions. your thoughts, asking questions. Because as we said, there's one vision, but there's a lot of missions. And I'm not trying to find out the mission, chase around and figure out the mission. Because there is one succinct mission to accomplish a task that my husband may have at hand. Mm -hmm. And so in that communication, tell me which way we should go. Give me some details. What do you need? What do you, succinctly, and then I can go do what's necessary. Yes, you will. Most, most they can carry it out yeah. and help in that task. Uh, the, they meet those, those necessary challenges that are there. You know, but I, I always find that unique, uh, a new, unique feature in women. Like I said before, many times because men don't communicate to women, the reason why you find women always working in churches is because the pastor usually is the one giving her a vision and giving her details to help out in the church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because the husband has failed to do so, you find the church full of women helping out, fulfilling the division of the church because the husbands of most of these women aren't doing it. And that's why you find a church full of women always doing that's stuff, yeah, helping yeah. out. What you need, Pastor? What you doing? Why? Because he's giving her vision. Yeah. And, and they're accomplishing a purpose. Right. And it's our, in our something. nature yeah. to do that. And yes. it's in the nature to do so. Yes. Yeah, that's... Um, I was listening to, to um, Miles Monroe one day, and he had used that... Um, as an example, I think he stole that from me. But he, go he ahead. got it from you. I'm sure he got it from you. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it, it was just he. There was a lady in the church that had been coming and working and you know working, but her husband wasn't there. Yeah. And um, so finally, I think he he wrote a note, sent it back home with the wife, gave it to the husband. So the husband is looking at the note and he's like, um, so I don't know what's wrong with that pastor of yours. Well, it said, I apologize. I'm sending your wife home. <laughs> but with, yeah. within a, a short period of time, he was at church. Right. Because then she went home and, and carried out her ministry there. there. In the yeah. home. Yep. There. So, yeah. Well, I think, again, going back to the team and the oneness and all and understanding, again, when whatever task God has given that husband or given that marriage to perform, it requires both both have a part, but I find it really interesting that many women have this uncanny uh, ability to help accomplish the uh, things that that is that's for that marriage. She right. helps implement to move it forward. She helps uh, to get it on track. Uh, you know, she keeps tasks. Uh, I mean, abreast of the different tasks because most women I found find that they can multitask. Where a lot of men can't, right? You know, right. Uh, we can we can have a clear vision and a clear picture and right. and going forward, but usually if you drop that picture in her head, she takes it and oh, we go run and with run with it. it. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know what? I think we talk about marriage, but this these points and that we're talking about and things we're saying apply to those who are seeking to get married mm -hmm. or dating somebody because these are all attributes that we should um, want to learn as individuals so that when we do get married together yes we'll know our role we'll know how we work together we'll we'll have the team concept instead of you know being separate 
we're yoked together. So, you know, hopefully those that are listening who are single, you know, maybe engaged or looking to get married, you know, you can glean some information out of what we're talking about and, and prepare yourself. Mm-hmm. So in our last few minutes, Pastor uh, and Sister Lenore, mm-hmm. um, for that couple that's struggling to ha- um, to carry out that oneness that you know them sticking together for that husband that's frustrated because that wife is yeah what can I do for you honey what do you need <laughs> just let me do that for you what yeah. do you suggest what what kind of uh, encouragement can you end on today to tell them to do <laughs> continue I think the challenge is for and and, and this becomes uh, again because but- you don't want to be a clanging symbol no you don't yeah uh most women don't. Most women are, but they don't want they, to be. They don't want um, <laughs> Let's go. I, I think prayer. I say prayer. You say prayer as far as? As the answer to the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, yeah Take it to trying them. to get past that clanging sound. I, I, I think I feel and believe that most men, if, if, if we really understand what God wants from the husband, if you go back and, and look in, throughout the whole testament, one of the greatest features that I always found intriguing for me uh, was how the patriarchs would build an altar. And in building an altar, how they would spend time, it says, the scripture says, and, and Abraham will call on the name of the Lord. Uh, and, and if you look at the, the whole context of why that was, it was because the vision that God gave Abraham was to leave everything that he knew and to begin a new journey and Abraham had no idea where he was going. And so because he'd never been this way before, he needed to connect with God. He needed an intimate relationship yes. with the God that is sending him into a place who's calling him, saying, I'm going to make you great. I'm going to make you uh, a great nation. And through you, uh, your seed and your loins, you're going to benefit, uh, uh, um, benefit mankind, in other words. And so in that, how, how do I know what to do? How, how is that going to happen? What does that look like? Right. What direction should I be going in? And so Abraham had no clue of what he was doing. So he had to call upon the name of the Lord. And I think if you're talking about a husband and a wife who don't understand their destiny, their purpose, the direction they're called to walk in, then that husband need to do the same thing. Find a place in his home that mm-hmm. he can call his altar, and he should begin to call on the name of the Lord, finding those moments of intimacy so that he can hear God speak to him about the direction for his family, mm-hmm. for his wife, for his ministry, right. so that, again, they can accomplish great things in the earth because that's what God wants from all of us, greatness. Right. right, and what better way to learn of the original intent of God is to go back to mm-hmm. the... Original, original plan plan yes you know and the, you know in prayer in relationship and he'll give the answer yeah and i think for a wife even in understanding and praying how to help yeah. e- look even in how not to nag until god gives him the answer right because sometimes she wants because she's so anxious to move forward she does become that loud clinging symbol that is antagonizing him yeah when she should just say teach me how to be silent and wait on you until you move on him and right. pray for him that's what she should be doing like the holy spirit helps and pray over us mm-hmm. right. she should be praying over him mm-hmm. right 
Well, that's great advice, guys. I'm telling you, there are a lot of good nuggets in this workbook. And um, if you want to know more information about this ministry, um, you can visit www.buildinganeffectivemarriageteam.com. And if you, uh, I think you are able to order books there. Yeah. Yes. And if you have any burning questions, you can, there's a place where it says contact us and you can email us your questions. We won't call anybody name online. We just answer the questions. Right. So that means you got to listen. So also please like us on Facebook at Building an Effect- Effective Marriage Team. And um, just like us and let us know um, what you think about what we're doing. So we just thank you for being with us, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Building an Effective Marriage Team program. We would like to provide the first five people who email or call us with a copy of Building an Effective Marriage Team study workbook to thank you for listening. We believe this book will provide you with excellent kingdom insight and will help you have a successful marriage team. To contact us by email, you can reach us at www.buildinganeffectivemarriageteam.com. Again, that's www.buildinganeffectivemarriageteam.com. To call us, you can reach us at 513-561-5120. Again, that's 513 513- If you are interested in attending our Sunday morning worship service, our location is 4836 Ward Street, Cincinnati, Ohio, 45227. Again, that's 4836 Ward Street, Cincinnati, Ohio, 45227.